You're listening to The Body Uncovered. I'm Michelle Bond, exercise physiologist and published researcher serving clients since 1999. If you want to dig past the magazine headlines and learn how the body actually works, I'll show you how to develop a can-do attitude with a body that you can depend on. Stay tuned, and let's get uncovered. Welcome to The Body Uncovered. This is your host, Michelle Bond, and today we are going to uncover osteoporosis as it relates to exercise. And some things you can do to try to prevent it. That would be great, right? Well, before we get started, I just want to lay down a couple of things for you to understand. We're talking about bone, the bone remodeling process. Okay, so osteoporosis is the loss of bone mineral density. And this bone remodeling process sort of involves a few components. One component helps build the bone up and the other component sort of degrades the bone. And what you're trying to achieve is for the bone building part to be more positive or in the greater part than the bone breakdown. So that's what we're going to start with as far as a basis for understanding what we're trying to do. Um, And then understanding how exercise can sort of stave off that bone breaking down process and keep the bone building process more in in the positive, meaning that's a higher ratio of bone building up than bone breaking down. So here are some things that I learned over the years that I compiled together that I wanted to put in this episode. Um, But Also, one thing to keep in mind, there's a law called Wolf's Law that bones will adapt based on the stress or demands placed on them, okay? So we're just going to say, you know, if you have a greater demand, you're going to have a greater adaptation. And we're going to try to get the best and safest stress or demand on the bone to get the result you want. So the first concept we're going to talk about today is strain magnitude. So I'm going to go through about three or four concepts right now, and then I'm going to put them together at the end of this episode so you can understand how that relates to actually what you're doing in exercise. So strain magnitude means to bend or displace the bone enough to elicit a change, but not injury. Okay, so bones are not actually super stiff. They actually do bend. So the bone length changes because it's bending in one direction or another. So an example would be jumping would place more strain magnitude on your leg bones than doing light tiptoeing. Okay, so just understand the first concept is strain magnitude. We need to actually bend the bone enough to elicit change, but obviously not break it, and that would be injury. So we don't want to do that. The next concept is strain rate. And this is the rate at which strain develops and releases. So running would have a higher strain rate 
than slow walking because it's the amount of turnovers of your feet on the ground. So running is faster than walking. Another concept is strain cycle, which is frequency. So this would be the number of repetitions that change the bone dimensions at any given magnitude. So that just means how many repetitions. So if you were running, it would be how many repetitions of your foot hitting the ground would it be? So it's different than um, strain rate because that's how many or how fast it is. This is actually strain cycle, which is how many repetitions. And lastly, there's strain distribution, which is the way the strain is distributed across a section of the bone. So we have frontal plane, which is our movement side to side. We have the sagittal plane, which is movement front to back. And we have transverse plane. So that's in some type of rotation around an axis. So for our purposes, it would be maybe turning quickly to walk another direction or rotating in our direction or rotating some part of the body. So strain distribution encompasses a lot of things. Um, and it, that means that it's the compression of the bone, like pushing the bone together, tension, sort of pulling at either end. Let's talk about like the thigh bone, for example. There's shearing, which is like a crossways back and forth. Then there's torsion, which is like a twisting. And then there's the bending part we just talked about, okay? So just understand that there's different ways that strain can be put through the bone. What does that mean for us? It means that you need to be moving in many different directions. So if you're only walking in one direction all the time, that might not be the best thing to ward off osteoporosis. But before I get to how we can put that all together in exercise, I will say this. Another component was rest. So resting between sets and sessions, this is important because it helps with the adaptive process because of fluid dynamics. So what does this mean? It means it would be better to jump for 15 seconds really well, let the bones recover by bringing fluid back into it, and then jumping again for maybe 15 or 30 seconds. So because the bone responds better to this type of rest, it would be better to jump several times a day than all at once. For bone, now for aerobic capacity, someone that wants to jump rope for 15 or 20 minutes straight, that's totally different for cardiovascular benefits. But the studies have shown for bone mineral density increase, we need to give the bone this time to deal with the fluid going out of the bone, back into the bone, and being ready for more exercise. Okay, so jumping, we can kind of put it together. If you jump and you move directions around, you twisting the hips in different directions or facing your feet in directions, that's going to be a great, wonderful way to distribute the strain differently. If you jump fast, right, the frequency is... Um, is a lot and the the rate as well so you can have that faster jump and kind of do about two or three different things at one time um, 
Also, the strain magnitude for jumping is going to be a lot because you're leaving the Earth's surface and coming down with some type of pressure. So jumping actually happens, or jumping is actually a great way to sort of involve all of those um, four components I just talked about. So I'm not talking about jumping off a big step. I'm talking about even starting with some light hopping. So you try to go faster. You try to do it a little higher. You would try to turn directions. So this is a way you can incorporate something that's actually been shown to help ward off and even reverse osteoporosis. The other component is the aerobic component, which has been the most studied. So for example, running is best because it's got that higher intensity. You're turning the feet over faster. You're doing more repetitions. Um, and But the only thing is you'd actually have to change directions a little bit if you want to get a different strain distribution. So people will say, well, what do I do if I'm not a runner? Well, you know, you can you can walk. You have to do the best that you can. You can't injure yourself. It's you know, you have to be smart about what you're trying to do, even though I'm telling you these four components of what's best for the bones, and I'm talking about leg bones right now. Uh, upper body is different, but the point is that you've got to lay out a plan so you can try to incorporate as much as you can of these four components. And then I'll explain a little more. The next component is non-weight bearing. What does that mean? So the elliptical trainer, the bike and swimming really have very little osteogenic effect and that just means bone building effect okay because you're not coming down on the earth's surface sending ground reaction force back up through the body to help increase bone mineral density that's just what it takes so non-weight bearing just doesn't really do much for bone uh, Weight-bearing would be walking, running, dancing, boxing. I put boxing in there because that would be for the upper body. There are some other weight-bearing things you can do for the upper body, like a bouncy um, uh, push-up on the wall. So you, could, you can do a push-up on the wall and then push away and then land back on your arms or hands. You can do that against a kitchen counter, and there are other ways to do that that's more aggressive, but you get the idea. Um, but that was very high in effect, is having weight-bearing activity. So let's take walking, okay? So to improve the osteogenic effect for this, you could add a weighted vest, because that's going to cause more force to come back up through your feet if you have more weight. You can do incline, decline, uh, change your speed, and your variations of walking. So what I do, I do a few things at once. I actually found a small hill, takes me about maybe a quarter of a mile down, and I walk kind of quickly front ways, and then I do like that grapevine dance move down the hill. So the grapevine dance move is where you crisscross your feet over one another, and I kind of face to the right, face to the left, face to the right, face to the left, so I'm constantly changing directions. So that kind of gets all those in as well. So I'm getting strain distribution. I'm varying strain distribution because of the different directions I'm going. I'm going faster, so I've got more repetitions. Um, 
and that magnitude is really there because I'm actually trying to go pretty fast. So the bone is bending. I'm getting a little bit of action with that. So try to get creative if you're going to walk or jog. You've got to be able to go different directions. That's why I think dancing is really great because you've got all those in there as well. You've got the, the frequency, the magnitude, the distribution, um, and the rate. You've got it all happening because you're going at different paces. You're twisting, you're turning. So if you don't have a partner in a dance class, you can take something like Jazzercise or Zumba or hip-hop class or whatever it is. Try to keep those four things in mind and say, hey, I'm really building my bone density here because I'm following these things. Um, so for impact exercises like walking and running, and we're really talking about multi-directions um, and trying to be consistent with that. Last part is resistance training. So like with bands, with weights, um, machine weights, all of that. This was the recommendation, although I think it's kind of a lot. This is what the study showed to help with osteoporosis. It said 70 to 90% of one repetition of maximum. So in other words, if you can squat uh, 40 pounds and you can only do one rep at 40 pounds, then you would just do some calculations to figure 70 to 90%, and that would be your ideal weight that you should be lifting or working with. So you would do... Um, be working with the weight that was 70 to 90% of one repetition of maximum. You would do 8 to 10 repetitions, 2 to 3 sets, 3 times a week, and 45 to 70 minute sessions for a one year minimum. Now, personally, 45 to 70 minutes is a lot. Um, I like to see people with 30 to 40 minute weightlifting sessions because here's the thing, there's more than just bone health to take into consideration, okay? There's just sort of mental awareness, you got to work up to longer bouts, and personally, I coach people, you know, to do 30 to 35 minute sessions on their own all the time that are very aggressive and productive. And aggressive, I mean, appropriate for them. But... That's what the study showed. So um, if you have any questions about that, please contact me at michellebond.com. I can answer any questions about that. But essentially, these are some things that you can be aware of when you're exercising. You can say, am I changing directions? Can I pick up the pace? Um, can I, you know go a little bit faster? Can I or what I mean is you can go faster, you can increase reps. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do trying to move in different directions. Um, so if you're lifting a weight over your head, maybe do some type of rotation. Um, although that's not that's weight varying going up towards the ceiling, but it is it is good to try to vary the direction because when you when the muscles are attached to the bones, um, you are pulling the bone in a different direction essentially. So um, I hope that this was digestible for you. Again, if you have any questions, let me know. I am going to put some of this in the show notes. Every directory is different um, in terms of hosting a podcast or broadcasting a podcast. So for some reason, the show notes do not have the link lit up. Please email me at michellebond.com. That's my website. You can email me there. 
I also want to announce on the front page, there's a button that says click here to sign up for the free webinar. And I encourage you to do that. And it's been great being able to give you this information today. So I hope you're staying well. Get those bones loaded up and rocking and rolling. And until next time, stay uncovered. This podcast and related materials is for general informational purposes only and is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Seek medical clearance before starting any exercise program. The user assumes all risk. Until next time, stay uncovered.